hand lifted up. We enter your courts and we enter your gates with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts. We thank you that the veil has been removed. We have total, complete access to you this morning. Face to face availability to us this morning. As we are face to face, the more we become like you. We thank you for this great marriage. For two become one. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, come. You are invited here to rest here. back we're going to work that out and it did work out but today is the day uh, that it did work out and so this is my buddy Hayes um, again briefly I said something about it a couple weeks ago but you know, we met it was, um, Julie came from Mississippi and that was her youth minister at one time back in the day and, um, and then my father-in-law invited Hayes to come do a revival and uh, that Sunday morning before he was about to leave, uh, we were talking about it last night. He was in the bathroom, you know, standing in front of the mirror, we're getting dressed, getting ready to go to church, and I said, uh, there's uh, something different about you. You know something that I don't know, and I need to know what it is. He just grinned, so we'll talk about it. That talk ended up being uh, a manifestation in my mom's living room all night long, about 2 o'clock in the morning, being introduced to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And so, uh, been on this journey for a while. Uh, we are talking about it also last night. It was just good to catch up last night. I said, you remember how I used to call you with about a million questions, and we would talk for hours. Because he lived in Mississippi, I'm here in Louisiana, so we couldn't just meet up, but I would call and talk and talk and talk. And, um, a lot of, as we first started, a lot of the same questions you had, that's what I was asking him. So, um, I feel like he is a father in this movement, and, um, you know, he is not physically located here in Northeast Louisiana. Um, still have that camp across the Mississippi there. So, he does have land in Louisiana. Um, so, um, it's getting closer and closer. We'll, we'll mention um, But I do feel like he's a father. Um, to me and a father to, I know he's my, my great friend, he's also like a father uh, who fathered these things inside of me, as planting seed inside of me and uh, being there to help cultivate it in my heart. And um, so I owe him a lot and uh, he's my good, good friend. So the last time he came, we were still at Brent's house and uh, we were not here. Uh, so one of the things, if you were in that time, and if you've heard this phrase since then, he said, is it better to be right or in right relationship? And I don't know how many times we've used that since that day, Hazel. And that's how we've regulated things 
especially when people come against us and don't understand us. Um, just to keep that walk in the, in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is righteousness first, peace second, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so to walk in that atmosphere of kingdom dynamics, that uh, has played a huge part over the last probably year and a half with us is it better to be right in the right relationship. And uh, he was talking last night about a, a prophecy that he gave us last time. Um, I said, I remember that. And it's uh, it stuck. It stuck very well. But um, I'm so thankful he's here. And uh, so, hey, you come and you lead as the Lord leads you. It's always better when you have an orchestra around. You know, like in the movies, there's always music playing in your background. And uh, you don't have to play the whole time. But it sure makes it sound a lot better. <laughs> no matter what I'm going to say. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for the work that you started here ages ago plan that you had for these people, this place, this land, your redemptive story. You're the author and finisher of the faith that's here, Father, and we thank you that you will see this work finished. God, I thank you that you've invited us into a great work. God, I thank you that we we know you we are knowing you. Your promise in Jeremiah 33 3 says that we can call on you and you will answer us and show us great and mighty things that we do not know. Thank you, Father, that every time this house calls on you, that they find out something that they didn't know about you. God, I thank you that all the answers are found in you. Father, thank you for our people that are seeking you, seeking the answers, seeking truth. And Father, I thank you that this morning as we, um, we seek more of who you are and what you have to say from your word, Father, that you will, will reveal truth. The truth will be revealed here today that will change our lives forever. Because you've spoken it, you've said it, you've visited us here. Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 So, how many of you guys were at uh, Brent's when I came? I don't know, it's been a few years ago. How many of y'all were there? Just a few of you. Okay. Well, like Brian said, I am uh, I'm Hayes uh, from Mississippi. His father-in-law... Brother Marion Spence was, uh, they're dear friends of mine. And back in the day, when I was young, I'm 44 now, uh, 
when I was young, I was at uh, a little Baptist church over there where Julie was a youth, and they had talked me into being a interim youth, I mean, kids youth pastor. And uh, I am not one of those. <laughs> but they, they didn't have anybody else, so they talked me into staying. And anyway, I just uh, fell in love with Julie's family, and uh, he ended up uh, marrying my wife and I, and we've just been close ever since. And he didn't know what he was getting himself into, but he had invited me over to preach at a revival at Baskin Baptist Church. I had graduated from a Mississippi College, with, that's a Baptist college, with a degree in Christian Studies and Philosophy, and he knew I loved Jesus, uh, but he had no idea what had happened to me in the, on that green pleather couch in my little cabin on a ranch that I was living on where the Lord was visiting with me and opening up to His Scriptures to uh, shine light on who we were as His followers, who we are as His children. And so I got to come and preach. And I, re- I can still remember standing up there and preaching uh, at that church. Nobody had ever asked me to, be, uh, to preach at a revival. And it was, it was exciting. It was challenging. And I remember the prayers that I had prayed over the people there that day, those few days. I remember I felt like in the heart of the Father, His love for the people in this area. I've never been here. <clears throat> but those are some of the, the essences of that, that I remember feeling. And, and that still doesn't go away. Like when I come here, like when I come to this area and this land, like I still remember feeling what the Lord felt for the people here. Uh, just kind of like Queen Sheba, you know, when she visited Solomon's temple, uh, Solomon's house, and saw the over, I mean, just abundance of wealth. And she said, God must really love these Israelites to have made you king. And that's what I feel like God really loves this area. To have... It is only by God's grace that we realize that the veil has been torn. That we could all still be sitting in denominational garbage religion, but it is only by God's grace. And it's because He really loves this area. We can't afford to walk in darkness that dims our understanding. Um, We have to know this this truth of, of who He is. So I say that to remind you and to encourage you that... God really loves this area. He really loves these families that have been here for generations. He really loves these cliques and these coffee clubs. and all, He loves all of these people. I was... I was at Miss Beverly's last night. I spent the night there at her house, and I remember being in that bedroom before several times now, and and I remember what it feel feels like to to pray in in her home, and to I remember that morning when Brian uh, he asked me, he's like, 
<laughs> I mean, can you remember how many times that you've lived and gone to church and heard the word over and over and nothing be pricked? Yeah. You know? Yes. Don't take it for granted that that your heart is not of stone and it's of flesh and it's and God can move and speak into your life. Because there's so many people that know our sweet Jesus, but they're hard, their heart's so hard and they don't hear anymore. They don't hear the nuances and the and the whispers of a loving king. And I remember uh, Brian coming in there and say and saying that and uh, I was like, Okay, it's about to get started. You know, it's uh here we go. And uh <laughs> I don't know where this is going to end up. <laughs> here's, but it ended up. Here's, here's, here's where we are. Um, this is what God, because because of this family, has chosen to be faithful, um, and you all have chosen to be faithful. The last time I was here, I asked the Lord when I was in uh, Brent's house, I said, "God, what are you doing?" And that's a habit of mine is to ask that question. God, what are you doing? And He t- speaks to me in pictures a lot. And so I immediately saw a jar of Miracle Whip on a, on a shelf. And I was like, oh, that's odd. I hate Miracle Whip. And, and I thought, what, is, what are you saying, God? But I, this is when y'all were coming, into, uh, coming out of what I, what I saw. You, you were no longer Duke's mayonnaise and Blue Plate, which is the norm around here. But you were Miracle Whip. And you know, like mayonnaise, it's the binding agent. It's the thing you put in everything that keeps everything together. And that's what you were. You this is this is what you are in this area. Is that you were different? You are like Christ is. Who, we're all held together in Christ. First Colossians, I mean Colossians uh, one seventeen, and every in Him everything is held together. That's that's what you are in this area. Is that He was rep- going to represent Himself through you guys. And just like you go up north and everybody eats Miracle Whip and you tell them blue paint and they're like, ooh, that's gross. Like here, you were going to, uh, it's not gross. You were setting a standard. You would be different. You were, you, just like it, um, you could be, and I asked the Lord, like it was so weird that why he could have used any example to say what he was doing. But he used Miracle Whip. And I thought it was cool that he used the word Miracle because that's something this house will walk in is signs and wonders and miracles. Because that's who Jesus is, and that's what He's called us to do. We can do the things that He's done and even greater. Yeah. So, a couple of years, it's been several years now, I was sleeping, and God speaks to me in my dreams a lot. And I was having good rest, and I woke up from a dream, and in the dream there was, so back in the day when I was little, there was a little toy truck, like a little fire truck, or you, the, where you pull them around, and they, they talk, all these types of things. It's, I mean, I'm, that's, we're talking about early 80s, 70s toys. <laughs> but I was in this garage, and I kept, I was, well, I was on the first floor of the house, and I kept hearing this alarm beep, beeping going off, beeping going off. I was in my dream, and I went, I was like trying to follow the sound, and I found it down in the basement, where, which was the carport. And there was this truck just sitting there in the carport by itself, this fire truck, little toy fire truck, 
and it was going off. That beeping sound was going off, and it kept saying, "Call 911. Call 911. Call 911." And I woke up saying these words: "Call 911. Call 9 Psalms 911." And I woke up like that's, and so I gathered my Bible and I went to my living room and I read. Uh, Psalms 91.1, which you all are very familiar with. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Have you ever asked the question, where is the secret place? My pastor this morning, he sent me a, a text. He knew I was coming over here and I'd asked him and a couple of guys that I trust to pray and he said um, you read it because it was it was good he said I'm praying for you this morning hey it's fresh feeling beautiful outpouring as I was reading I had this morning in Deuteronomy I thought I believe the Lord is walking his people into promised places places long prayed for and is now speaking about how to live when we enter. <coughs> Promised places. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm talking about the secret place this morning. And it is a promised place. And yeah. it, it is a place that exists. And it's not just something that we can just metaphorically say, oh, the secret place is this. So God woke me up to not, Psalms 91.1, which began a journey in me of... Uh, seeking, what does he mean about the secret place? And this was also on the heels of. Now, I'm a father of five boys. My wife and I, we've been married 20 years this year, and we have five boys three biological, two that we adopted out of foster care. And these little boys came from a drug home, a little rough background, a lot rough background. And it's been a tough season. And God was very clear to us on bringing those boys into our house. He, a lot of signs to make sure it happened. And I shared some of that when I was here before, but only four of you raised your hand, so I'm going to tell you just a brief snippet so you'll get a frame of uh, reference for what I'm saying when God showed, showed me what this means in the secret place. So in um, December of back in 2016, um, there was... So I, God used to always wake me up at... Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 3 says, Well, I would pray while I go. God would always wake me up at 3.33 when He was speaking to me or wanted me to get up. He had something to say. That was common place with me and the Lord. But this night, on December the 27th, scratch that, December the 22nd, He woke me up at 2.22. I lost an hour of sleep, and I knew that the Holy Spirit was needing me to get up. And so I got up, and I was looking through the Scripture, and I found uh, Daniel 2.22, and it says, It is He who reveals the mysteries and hidden things. He knows what is in darkness, and the light dwells with Him. Which kind of sounded like Jeremiah 33, where it says, I will answer you and show you great and mysterious things that you've never known before. And so, Daniel 2.22 says it's He who reveals His mysterious and hidden things. Well, 
I felt like there was something with 1222, but I couldn't figure out in the scripture what it was. So I told my wife, and on the way home that day from work, she called me. She said, Hey, this is what 1222 It's Job 1222. And Job 1222 says, He uncovers mysteries hidden in darkness and brings light to the deepest void, which sounded a lot like Daniel 22 that says He reveals the mysterious and hidden things and what's in the darkness and the light dwells with Him. So I called my pastor and I said, okay, this is... I was like, God's trying to speak to me. Will you just agree that I don't miss anything? I told him what was going on. Well, he said, for this week, I've been waking up at 422. And he said, and God led me to Mark 422, which says, for nothing is hidden except to be made known. Secret things brought into the light. So, okay, so... Obviously, God has our attention. And we knew that there was something that was in the darkness that was coming to light. We had just finished up our uh, fostering paperwork, all that kind of stuff. We've been approved, and now we were waiting on a placement. But in that season, so I kept waking up at 2.22, and I would spend time with the Lord, and there was a conference out west with Dutch Sheets and Lou Engel, and they called it the 222 conference. I was like, well, I got to go to that. I mean, this is just crazy. And went out there. While we were there, we got our call for our first placement. I'm in Colorado. My wife's at work. So we were like, I'm sorry, this is logistically, it's not going to work. So we, we declined our first placement. And a few weeks or a week or so later, on February the 22nd, on 222, we get a call. I had my own business, and I was standing there in my business, and the social worker says, is this Mr. Patrick? Yes, ma'am. Well, we have a placement for two twin two-year-olds. Would you and your wife be interested? Two twin two-year-olds on 222, and this is all the Lord's been talking about. And so I didn't even have to call my wife. I was like, I'm almost certain that this is supposed to be what happens. Now, granted, <clears throat> so we got the boys the next day, and it was hell ever since. <laughs> it was, I was, uh, this, uh, this would have been straight from the devil had I not heard from Jesus. Because God does not call us to these type of hard things. It doesn't happen. And, but the truth of the matter is, we, were, we quickly realized what he was bringing out of darkness into light. These little boys. So, those little boys were so much for me and my wife. And they changed everything in our home. I feel like I have a big calling on my life for the nations. I couldn't even leave my house for anything, much less go to the nations because these kids took everything. Just to, just to keep everything in between, in the lines and out of the ditches. <laughs> so I was, I kept bringing this before the Lord, like I felt like that He had, uh, like I had to sacrifice my calling for these two kids, and He was asking me, was it worth it? And I, at first, I really wasn't. I was honest and told Him, from what I can see from here, it is not. It is not worth it because these little guys are quite the savages. <laughs> so this is, this is the season we're walking in. 
And on the heels of that, so he had, um, I started waking up at 4.53. Thing with the Lord with me, I just, he, I know to go to, the, I know to go to Scripture. He, he is very comfortable taking Scripture out of context with me. And so Isaiah 45.3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places so that you know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. You have to understand, we were in a dark place with these kids. And He promised me that He would give me the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. And He used this verse here that says, and I'm the one who called, so that you'll know it's me that calls you by name. Because when He called me by name, I heard the audible voice of the Lord call me by name. When He was calling me, I felt like He was calling me to the nations. And I felt like I was having to give that up for this. So when He used this Scripture to say what He needed to say to me in this season, it all really made sense. Like He was speaking to many levels of what I was walking through. So when this came along, this 91-1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I, that was it. He, he set me there for quite some time. And everywhere I went, I saw 9-11. It was just um, one of those things that He had highlighted for me in that season. It was, I don't know, probably a month later, the Lord woke me up in the night in my spirit, I heard him say, do you want to know where the secret place is? And so I quickly got up and went to the living room. And I'm going to tell you where the secret place is. So I would run a smoker, a barbecue. And if you've ever chopped firewood, if you're cutting a tree, you cut them in sections of just where they're growing. You can split those real easy, but where the where there's a branch that comes out of a tree, or there's you, and the tree takes up the branches off this way. Everybody that knows that knows that you won't split that spot. It won't split because everything that's here, that's in that tree, heads over into that branch. It's a conglomeration of all the fibers of the tree going over into that branch. And that was the picture he gave me. And he said, this is the secret place. John 15, 5. Abide in me, and I in you. And you will bear much fruit. The secret place is where it all begins. Where we are joined with him. Where he is the vine and we are the branch. You ever stop stop to think? I had never. Like there is a beginning place of when he calls you to be a branch. It starts somewhere. And it starts right here where he is the vine and you are the branch. And that looks like a space. That looks like something. And that's the picture he gave me in the living room of a hickory, because that's the kind of wood I use. And I had just earlier in the day thought, man, I can't get that piece of wood to split because it's 
it's, it's where, the, where the, a branch comes into the tree and you, you just can't split it. And it was a perfect picture of, like, I could see Jesus where he comes into me and I and him. And it's right here is the secret place. Most of us live way over here on our branch, jumping on it, look at my fruit, or worried about the fruit. All the things that happens about my life, we are down, this like we spend most of our time all over here. Consumed by everything that's out here. When He has called us into this secret place where it's He in me and I in Him. Bill Johnson talks about going low to go high. Like this is going deep. Like this is, and this is the place, this is the darkness that is in God. We always say that He is the light. We're the light of the world. First Kings, Second Samuel, when they talk about the, the cloud, the thick cloud, the, the darkness, when God comes, comes, in, comes in in darkness, Moses goes into the, in the deep dark cloud and he encounters the glory of the Lord. The shadow, so when, like talking about, like Brian testifies, when he, after that experience with the Lord, like all the scriptures were. They lit up. They highlighted. It was something new. Same Scripture saying something different. And that's the same thing about Psalms 91.1 when it said, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I thought, wow, I've never realized that that's a dark place. That's such a hidden place. When you're playing hide and go seek and I can't find you. Like this is the place where you hide so high in Jesus the enemy can't find you. When he says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. I want to be so hidden. Like the enemy, like the enemy can't find me. He can't find me. And in the secret place where you are in Him and He in you, and the enemy to Him, you are Jesus. <laughs> I know, Brian, I've been listening to some of the teaching. I know you know who your beloved identity. You learn more about who you are, not by out here what you're doing and producing, but it's by right here. It's right here in this place going deep with Jesus. I hope you catch the visual of that. If you've, if you've ever tried to tear that mountain, I, I, we love Marvel movies and Captain America when he's out there splitting wood and he's tearing it apart like that. Sometimes when I put smaller shirts on like the one I have on today, I feel like I'm, I want to do that. But in, in this medium, in this place, though, you can't tear that apart. I know there's a lot of focus from this scripture on in John 15:5 about the fruit that we bear, and it's true, and all of that is important. It goes on to talk about the. the what we bear is is love. That's the fruit. Go on, read seven through twelve, thirteen. There, that is that is unto what he's speaking of. Yeah. This is what we he shares this so that you will love. And there's no greater love than give your life for your friends. And then he yeah. calls us friends. And he says that I'm going to give you the comfort. All of this is right there in that. But it all starts off the heels of abide in me. 
and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. And God, even right before that, which is so, I mean, it says that if you bear it, the branches that bears fruit gets pruned. So the more fruit you bear, the more pruning. The and these this isn't this is all good. This is good stuff. This is uh, I grew up with Pat. Like when you're getting pruned, like it's bad. You know it hurts and all that. Sure, if I'm out here consumed by my branch, but if I'm hidden in the secret place, Mm, all of this can go on. All of this can go on. And you'll know when you swap spots and you're not in the secret place is when you're consumed with what's happening out here. Yeah, it's good. That's a good word. That's a good word. I feel that all. I do too. Golly. Yeah. How much time do we spend out there? You know? When all of the answers, the very thing that we're all held together in the room is Christ. And that's all... So the secret place is the place that we live from. It is not the place that we run to. In the Old Testament, David talks about the refuge and the, and the hiding place and that we run to. The answer in Jesus is that now this is the place we dwell. This is, the, this is our dwelling place yeah. in, in Christ. Yeah. I hope you get that. Yeah. It'll change your life. It will because you will, you will realize that what happens in the life that's called Brian or Brent or anything else, it has its it has its beginning and end. It has its life. It has everything in how deep of, in the secret place you live and stay and dwell and have your being is in Christ. The, the branch will take care of itself. The fruit that you bear will take care of itself. So when God was showing me this vision, this picture, so I didn't see it like an orchard, like I saw the tree. And it was like, and this was the tree of life. This, that is what we are a part of. We are the branches on the tree of life. Revelations 22.2 says that and the, that the, and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Uh, we are uh, let me read this scripture to you Jeremiah 17 blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose hope is the Lord for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes but but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will it cease bearing fruit 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, healed by His wounds. I don't know if you can see the picture. I love how 1 Peter does not use the word cross there. It uses the word tree. He hung on a tree. Here's the tree of life. His wounds heal us. By His stripes we're healed. And... Like this is the tree that we now are we are bound into. We are conjoined. We are grafted into. This is our life source. Like if you followed some of the 
fibers of wood that's out here on my branch, and you you come into here where it's I and him and him and me, and you can see, like, do you think it just starts there? No, it comes from the root. Mm. I am rooted and grounded in love. Mm. That's the fruit that I bear because I stay in the secret place where it's he and I and I and him. That is, this is the tree of life that we are a part of. And, and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Like, this is what we bring. This is what our fruit is. Yeah. It is it is healing for the nations. It yeah. is the answer to the orphan. Mm. It is, like I said, it is it's easy for us to say we are, you know, in our house we will serve the Lord. But you start using words like for me and my house we will adopt. Or for me and my house we will forgive. For me and my house we will we'll we'll keep going on, we'll keep pushing forward. Like we'll obey we will love the neighbor that's unlovable. Like those, it starts getting real there. Like that's the fruit we're talking about that happens if we are abiding. Abiding. So I didn't come a couple of weeks ago because on Saturday night, like I had this, I mean, it was where I told, it was a strong impression that I was supposed to stay home. I was going to come Saturday night and hang out with my friend. and But I felt like I needed to stay home on behalf of one of my children. Which proved to be um, very true. He had come home from some, being out with some friends. And I needed to be there. Like it, was, it was serious. I needed to be there. And had I not heard from the Lord, He would have come home without without what he needed when he got there. Mm-hmm. And in the secret place where it's he and I and I and him, you can hear what he has to say. Something about darkness, though, we are, now I'm a kind of a control guy. I like to control things. And, uh, and, I don't know who, who does it. Most of us like to do that. I'm not trying to justify myself. I'm just being honest. and just saying this is what we do. But in darkness, in, when it's completely dark and you've lost your bearings, you don't have any control over what's going on. So, like That's what it is. This is, the, this is what it's like in the darkness. Like in the cloud of the glory of the Lord, in His fullness, like you, it's so deep in a dark, like you don't get these half-diluted, half-lighted ideas and images that we've created of who He is, like all of that stuff goes away when we go deep into this place of Jesus. When we go deep into this One that is, He is the tree of life. And He is rooted and grounded in love and so are we because that is, that is who, that's our DNA. That's who we are. There is, there's a place where we, we lose all that we know. There's a place that we we go where they're like, and and it's a little scary. I can tell you this with these twins in my house, like it's been scary because I don't know unto what end is going to happen with these kiddos. But I heard God name them. He's named all my boys. I think I shared that before with y'all. But he, we've heard the Lord name our kids. There's an identity before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you, and He had set you apart. Like there's there's a there's a you have a name. Like there's a knowing of you. Uh, so when 
just to help some of you soothe your like, well, what about me? Because when I'm talking about, I talk about this your branch where you just go into the, the secret place with Jesus, a lot of us still want to attend to what's out here. Well, what about, what about how I have to offer and about this and about that? And that means that means something, but it only means something because of what it's abiding in, what it's attached to. So these boys, you and all of us, we have a meaning, a name, a, a purpose, who we are, our beloved identity. And so God's named these boys, and I remind God all the time when they're acting foolish. I'm like, all right, God, you've, you've saved these boys. Don't forget about me. Because there is a purpose for these kiddos. And it seems like some of the days are dark, or some of the things that I have grasp on in parenting, they don't exist here. It doesn't work the way it did for my others. It's the same way when you go into this new place with the Lord. Or go, I say a new place, but just deeper with the Lord. Some of the things that you're used to or that you know, um, I'm not trying to make it any mystical or whatever, but like, I mean, you've read the Bible, right? It's uh, it's supernatural. Like there's, uh, there's a lot that there's a lot we can settle for if we keep a hold on this world or we can say, you know what, God, I am going to trust that I'm going to release my bearings and I am going head deep <laughs> into this limb, into this, into where you and I are one. I'm going head deep. I'm not going to use my hands. I'm not going to use my feet. I am going to surrender. I'm going to submit here. And I am going to trust and believe that what happens out here is your work. It's your doing. And it will. It will if you abide in Him. I, we, I said something funny last night. Um, some people like to give a test. Like I call these the insurance testimonies. They want to testify. And so like, I don't know if y'all have ever dealt with these people that come to your house after a storm and want to put a new roof on your house. And they're like, the insurance will pay for it. You know, that kind of stuff because you've been paying your premium. And I've heard people like testify, man... You know, a storm came through, and God, He covered my whole roof. He, you know, He paid for my whole roof, and well, your insurance paid for your whole roof. You know, it, you've been paying your premium, so that's why you got a new roof paid for by your insurance. Um, so this isn't one of those testimonies. Um, we, I had a tornado that came. Uh, I had a barn out by my house. I live on a California raised cows, and so I had this barn on my place. We had a hailstorm come through. And my barn is 10%, an outbuilding is 10% of what my home is. Well, I, I mean, it's a barn. Tin roof, used chicken house tin at that. And they assessed some hail damage like for crazy. And they cut me a check, praise God. And well, a couple of years later, and no, I didn't even have to replace anything with my roof. A couple of years later, like a tornado came over and it just flipped my rooftop completely off. At this time, now I'm in a new house. I built a new house, and that barn now was assessed to my new house, which was a lot. And so now I made good money on this same barn, but I did have to replace the roof. But like it was only like 10% of what they gave me, so I made good money on that. Well, last spring, an afternoon. It's funny we're talking about all the lame. Nobody comes around here and wants to do insurance. Um, but last spring, I was just driving down the road, and I heard the Lord say, I want you to insure your barns 
I have a couple of barns that I want to insure. So I've had for the last eight years. He said, I want to insure your barns. Do you insure your barns? Because I'm going to bless you. Like, like this was what was going on in the inside of me. Like, I want to bless you like I did before with that other barn. I called my wife. I was like, look, I think I heard from God to insure the barn. I called my insurance agent that day. I said, no, I've got to get it written today. I was like, today, i got to get it written. He's like, okay. So we cover my barns with insurance. Two weeks later, two weeks later, a windstorm comes and does some damage on one of my barns. And we, I mean, it it took me $2,500 to fix it. And they had given me $20,000 check to cover it. But we were, it was, there was something we had saved money for, for that same amount to buy for, and God just gave us that, just like, just gave it. But I had heard from the Lord of just driving down the road, and that's what it looks like, that's an example of what it looks like when you are in, in dwelling, abiding in the secret place. Not running there as refuge when you need to be, but this in the covenant of who we are, this is the place that we live and dwell from. Well, I thought that was great, but like literally three weeks later, I had had this insurance policy in less than six weeks. My other barn, this freak thing happened and blew up some tin and they reassessed that for a lot more money. And out of nowhere, we have, you know, more than I made in my regular job in my hand just because there was a... a I heard the Lord while I was in the secret place talking. Hey, you need to get there. Now, could He have stopped the storms? Absolutely. But He wanted to bless me in the storms. There is, in the secret place, when you're dwelling with the Lord, things that look like they usually destroy and cost others. But in Christ, these things can really, um, they, can, they can be a blessing. And that is, the difference is if you're hearing and if you're obeying. Because He is saying, He is saying the things that uh, He wants for your good. Everybody going to be calling Brent to see if he's getting there. Barnes is. Brent, do you write insurance? He does. Okay. Do you know those sorry jokers? Those sorry jokers dropped me this past week. I bet you know. I'm glad I'm dry. After a after a year, after my this thing's taking too much money for months. But that's what y'all signed me up for. But they dropped me. They did. I was like, and it was. I told my insurance agent, "Was like, people don't do that. You don't." Drop me. I, I felt. I was like, this is this is kingdom. This was supposed to be for mine, but that's fine. God got he got it paid and, and we're good. So, um, I say that to, to I say I was wondering when that part of the yeah, story was yeah. going It surprisingly happened. Yeah. It surprisingly happened. But the uh, but the uh, the blessings had already come, so it really <laughs> So what I want to say is experience dictates our expectations. I just gave you a couple of experiences. And so, I mean, I'm talking about my twins and I'm saying some sentences that I've said in just a few minutes. We're living a life that is, um, like it's serious. We're talking life, life here. 
And so it's fun to talk about the, you know, all the cash that comes, whatever it is, but in abiding in Him, all of the, all of, I just gave you some examples, some experiences that I had, so you would expect also not just to live the life that you feel like shaking your branch and doing your thing. There is a better way. Like I say a lot less now in my life. I'm consumed with a lot less activity and busyness when I found out what happens in the secret place and the rest that takes place in the secret place. Now the secret place dwelling in it, abiding in it, looks a lot like um, turning the radio off, riding down the road where it's quiet, or getting in your bedroom and laying on your face and saying, Jesus, this is me abiding. Help me here. This is me coming up like... Because a lot of the branch activity is... It's a lot. It's noisy. Sometimes you have to quiet down just to hear what's going on. And it's sweet. Y'all, it's a sweet spot. It is so sweet in this place with Jesus. And you'll find that you'll have residue in your life that... Like Paul with the with his shadow, that people are just healed, that people experience things because of where you've been, the anointing that you carry, the life that you live, the 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 blessings you're able to give, the fruit of love that's unconditional that you bring. All of this happens not because you've signed up to be a Christian or signed up to follow a set of rules. This happens in power, yeah, because of a choice that you freely give over and surrender and saying, I'm going deep here with you, Jesus. I'm going deep here with you, Jesus. And you'll find like when you have concerns or questions or like or heartaches or issues, like they won't be found out here where the fruit of it is. This is not where it's found. Like here's a good preachy thing. It's not in the fruit, but it's in the root. So you're going to back it up, back it up, Terry. Go all the way back over here to where I am in him and he is in me. It's a choice that you make. It is a daily, moment-by-moment choice. And then it becomes a habit. This is where I live from. This is where I dwell. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to give you a couple more examples and then we're going to be done. Y'all, y'all going to invite me back because Brian preaches too long. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so... I did just hear uh, Damon Thompson give an example, and it kind of rubbed me just a little wrong. I know some of you listened to him, and I'm just marinating on it, but so just bear with me. I may have to change my mind later. But I'll say this today because this is where I am with it. So I feel like that what God does, He does, and I know how He talks to me. Like He talks to me in dreams a lot. And I'll share what God shares with me to somebody because I only will know in part. And I'll share with somebody, and they're like, ah, that's... Let me tell you what God's been showing like with my pastor when I said, hey, this is what God's showing me. He said, well, this is what God's been showing me, Mark 4.22. And it just made, it just felt better. It, God does so much in family. Yeah. If you were a one-man show, then best of luck. You know? But that's not what we are. We are not. We are a family. We are all attached to one tree of life. And so there is a connection that runs way deeper than us just sitting in these chairs. There's reasons that you are here because of things in the spirit realm of the connection that you have with one another. Yeah. 
and those that aren't here yet and how they will come into this uh, family and this following because of that, those connections. So I say, I say all that to say where he was like, maybe you know, God will talk to you and you don't need to get this person to verify this or this person to confirm this. I get that. There's some, maybe some immaturity. But there are some beautiful things when you're walking in the Spirit. I, asked, I was driving across the Ocean Spring Bridge and I asked the Lord, I said, God, what are you saying? And I immediately in my spirit heard the name Janice and I saw a little girl on a tire swing and I heard the words Butterfly Kisses. Now, if y'all are anything like me, I hate that song, Butterfly Kisses, because I, I, just, I have five boys, granted. So this little Butterfly Kisses and girly stuff is not for me. And, but I was seeing this picture. I heard Janice. I saw this girl swinging. She was about 19 years old. And I could feel the Father's love for her like, like he was saying, I have her. I have her. And I could also feel like there was the mother there in the scene and that was concerned. I only knew one Janice and she was my aunt and I, this just didn't make sense to me. So I prayed on it, sat on it for a little while. That following Sunday, I was we have a, what we call a kingdom encounter at our church. And I was like, How do I, do I, is, there, is this word for somebody here? Well, it really wasn't, but I'd asked the Lord a question. And afterwards, somebody came and introduced themselves to me. And I was like, I just kind of felt like, oh, I need to find out who this dude is. I'm going to look him up on Facebook. I looked him up, and the first post on his newsfeed was from a lady named Janice. And her profile picture was a butterfly because her little girl has cystic fibrosis. And a butterfly is the, the symbol for cystic fibrosis. And I was like, and there I saw the picture of her little girl. Like, oh, there, there it all is. Right there. You know, see what it's like to ask some Baptist pastors to get in touch with, like, do you know the number of this Janice? That's, do you know this person? Um, I feel like I have a word from the Lord for them. I'm down on the coast driving. I asked the Lord, what's He saying? And He gave me a scripture. Short story of that is, I finally get her. She, we connect, and she calls, and I'm, she doesn't know me from Adam. But somebody, her pastor said, "Hey, this guy feels like he has a word." Now she doesn't have a frame of reference for any of this, and so I share with her what God has shared me with me, and I shared the scripture too. And she is boohooing on the phone. Now I didn't, I didn't hear God say that He was going to heal her, but I know who Jesus is, and He's a healer. So he didn't do all of this to just to tell a good story. He is about, he just as in that picture, the father says, I've got her. I've got her. And to be able to tell a mom who takes her daughter to the hospital all the time and doctor visits and wants to know that she's going to be fine, to hear that the Lord, so I'm talking about we are connected guys. Our like when, when my fibers of my branch runs into the tree of life and yours does too, and yours does too, and yours does too. That's why I'm saying it's so beautiful to be able to pray in the Spirit. Like it, like there, like there is a connection of where we all reside. And that mama's heart was crying out. And I'm just asking the Lord, God, are you saying anything? But when you are abiding in Him, you will hear what He's saying. Okay? 
Last thing, I went to Asbury. Y'all, y'all was reading about the Asbury revival that was going on. Well, I grabbed one of my boys and we went up there with a dad and another son. And y'all, it was such a sweet, sweet presence of the Lord. And I suffer from lower back pain. And I went to the altar and got some folks to pray for me. This is a contentious point with me and Jesus because I'm like, now I am healed by your wounds. Your stripes have healed me. And it's still true. Even though my back may not say it, the truth is I am healed by His stripes. I'm not changing the Scripture. That's what it says. So, but I got somebody to, I got some folks to pray for me. And it didn't, it got better and better and better. And then by the end of the night of worshiping, it was gone. My back did not hurt. For over a week, y'all, it didn't hurt. I was so, I got to do like lifts, like legs, workouts, and stuff that I've not even been able to do. And I was like, yes, praise God. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but I also got COVID. And so <clears throat> then everything started hurting. And, but for a little over a week, I felt like a new person. And that's mine. That's what, that's what I'm supposed to live in and experience all the time. Mm-hmm. And I will. That's because that's, it will happen. I just, just That's what I'm, I'm banking on. I'm banking on the truth. But while I was there, we just felt like, you know, we can always just get, absorb, absorb, absorb. Or you can realize what you carry and you can also <laughs> give. So we sought out some people. And this lady... Uh, I saw her and God gave me a word for her. And I said, um, who is Jonathan? Like, I feel like you have a son named Jonathan. And and I, I don't know that his name was Jonathan, but Jonathan means a gift from God. And I just feel like that when God wants you to know that your son was a gift from Him and the gift that He was to the earth is still living today. Like, it's still... Like it still exists. That calling, all of that purpose. Well, he had passed away. His name was not Jonathan, but one of his sons' middle name was John for Jonathan. But he, like I felt all of this and God gave me a scripture. Like she came there with this yearning to know if her son was in heaven. Like, because he knew Jesus at one time, but he was not living for Jesus when he passed away. And I just felt a, like a strong sense of everything's okay, everything's good, you know. The, and but I gave this scripture. I was like, God, I, so when I asked the Lord, like that's how I, I'll see a scripture in my mind. And so when we were praying, I saw that scripture and I opened it up. I was like, I hope this isn't one that just says some dumb stuff and it's not going to make sense. But I opened it up and it was where Eli told Hannah, said to go in peace. What you've been asking of the Lord, you'll have. And this was concerning her son. And so she came to Asbury with this petition to the Lord about her son. And I was able, I was like, let me, I was like, while I said, I said, I just heard God say, 1 Samuel 1.16, let's look at it, let's see if it means anything. And it said that. And she was just crying. She said, I know exactly what that means. But she knew what the petition she had asked the Lord. And God had answered it right there for her. It was nice. It was yeah, for sure. It was a blessing. We all get to experience, um, get to experience that. That's right. 
So I say all of those things so that when you leave here, your level of expectations of the secret place in this Savior of the world is not just something that you're just going to, that you just die and He gets to live like you didn't get to play a role in it. Like, but it's just like being married. Like my dying to my wife, so like it's the best life. It is, it is in this going deep into the secret place where there's not a difference anymore. And, and who would want to still be around claiming something that you could do when the very fibers of the tree of life come over in here and this is what gets to live. Like, mm-hmm. And none of this happens unless you abide. There's Scriptures that says that. If you don't abide in Me, you don't bear any fruit. Yeah. And you just get popped off. You know? So, I want to encourage you when you think about this living this life in this secret place, that is, that is here. John 15.5 this is the place. It is where every... It's the, to me, it's the center of the Bible. It's where everything comes from. Right there. Everything else is the fruit. This is the root. I would ask you to run hard to that place, to that shadow, to lose your bearings, to know that the full truth, the full knowledge of who He is, you will experience that. And, I, and the only way I saw it for me was I tucked my hands behind me and I was like, I'm not using my hands. I'm not using my feet. I'm just going to, I'm going deep, God. I'm going deep so that this is you. This branch that's known as Hayes Patrick, this branch is you. Yeah. This fruit is yours. Yeah. So what I want to do, we can stand unless you got anything, Brian. No, you do. We're going to we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord first to now that we know the secret place. Out of John fifteen five, we're going to just say, God, I'm coming to this place where I am in you and you are in me. And I want you to visualize the exchange of wood fibers. Like, like I want you to realize what you are attached to. I want you to realize like this is, this is your full quest to abide in Him. Rest in Him. Go deep in Him. Like, I don't know if you can feel the pressure being released to live on your branch, shaking the limb, doing the things. All of this happens going low, going deep in Jesus. In the only place, I mean, the only way this happens is being, it's the scripture says through the Spirit by the Spirit through Him to the Father. This is, this is a work of Holy Spirit. 
this is a work that He does to bring you into Jesus to the Father. Rooted and grounded in love. You've tried to love. And you don't have to try to love when, when you abide in Him. Damon Thompson talks about beholding, becoming what we behold. Like this is where you behold Jesus. This is where you behold the King of Kings. It is in this secret place it blows your mind to think that the light of the world is shrouded in this darkness in this deep place I love that the shadow of the almighty Father I pray that each person in here that they will be filled afresh with Holy Spirit today God that they will run hit first into the secret place. That they will feel the pressure and the release of not being able to, not having to live out on the branch, but to live deep in You. And You promise us in Your Word that if we abide in You, that there will be much fruit. And to You all the glory, God. To You all the glory. Father, may we be so rooted and grounded in You that we abide in You that the leaves will be healing to the nations. That we will be who we are supposed to be in You. It's beloved identity. And the world will get what they are supposed to get from You through us. Because we've done the one thing and that is abide in the secret place. Abiding in You. And You getting to do You in us. Remind us of it, Lord, when, we, when there's the stresses and we are obvious we are about the fruit. Remind us to go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Surrender. Turn it all off. Put our face on the ground. Surrender to this One who can live an abundant life through us. We thank You for all the fruit. We thank You for the things that come our way for our families and for our neighbors and for, our, for, our, for, for all the things. But God, it's, this is Your work. This is Your work. You get all the glory. Father, if there's anyone sick here today, we just bring them to You right now, Father. And we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, that Your stripes have healed them. We declare it right now that by Your stripes that all infirmity must go in Jesus' name. All infirmity must go. In You, a mind fixed on You is a mind that is at peace. We thank You for no anxious thoughts in You. We thank You for the Prince of Peace we thank You, Father, that we are filled with a spirit of power and sound mind. Thank You, Father, that in You is power. In You is power 
to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That demons will recognize you and flee in us. They will flee because they've recognized you in us. Father, we can see the dead come to life. God, I thank You that anxiety flees. Thank You that sickness flees. Thank You that depression flees. Thank You that You are in You is all hope. All hope. So I was asking the Lord the other day, what is the most valuable thing on the earth? What is the most valuable thing? And I, I was trying to answer the question for Him and I said, trust Him. Trust is like the most valuable thing because if you've ever lost trust, you realize how valuable it is. If you've ever been betrayed, you realize how valuable trust is. It's a true statement. Trust is one of the most valuable things that exists on the earth. But he's like, that's not the answer, Hayes. He said, hope is. Because hope is the answer for broken trust. It's not trying to regain trust so trust can have its value. Hope trumps it. Like you can hope allows you even when trust doesn't exist, hope still does what hope does. And I was like, man, that's that's right. I will hope in the Lord. I will hope in the Lord. And there I was in the Lord, in Jesus, abiding in him. And this is where hope is. I'm out here trying to get a fruit, but it's in him. All I need to do is surrender. Jesus, surrender. I surrender You, Jesus. I surrender You, Jesus. And I want you to go to the place of Jesus, with Jesus, the secret place, as a friend. Like if you've ever seen the shack or something like um, that, it's, that's an image of... You're, you're in a place of friendship with the Lord when you abide in Him. Yeah. He's not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to keep anything from you. Father, I pray that today nothing in our life is ever the same because we did this one thing. We abided in You.
Have a good week.